Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and today I've been, I've been, <laughs> I'm going to try to avoid all the bad jokes today because we're talking about <laughs> procrastination, which is really the, it's the art of putting stuff off until the last minute or maybe even to the deadline. And <laughs> it's a problem for many. So we're going to dissect it with um, psychology professor, Dr. Andy Scuttinga, who's a psychology professor at North Central University right here in the Twin Cities. Andy, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think this procrastination, everybody's got a little, little of it in them. Yes. And uh, I want to talk about the many things that can become part of this formula. I mean, if you have a little ADHD, you're going to probably have a problem with procrastination because you can't stay focused. You're distracted by stimuli easily. Yeah. And people who have ADHD know this, that it's, yeah, not only are you super super easily distracted, but it's also much easier for you to put things off and shift from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. I was just talking with a a neighbor at at a graduation party for my son last night, and we were remarking about another neighbor who was famous for going from one project to another without finishing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it was it was fascinating because he'd be refinishing his driveway, and then it would be halfway done, and then he'd be cleaning his car on the same driveway. He'd be like, what <laughs> What happened? And i talked to him, and he would be like, oh, well, yeah, I just I felt like I had to get this done first before I finished this part of the job. Yeah. So I think that happens to a lot of people. So we come up with a lot of excuses for rationalizations, which justify our behavior. Let's talk about some of them, Andy. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe part of the problem you procrastinate is you, you don't know what needs to be done. <laughs> yes. I would do it if I knew what needs to be done, but you have to figure out what you have to do before you can do it. Yeah, that's called the new teenager workplace excuse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't know what I was supposed to do, right? And I think that happens to a lot of people even in their normal work jobs sure. where you're given the task and you, you really don't know what to do, then the, obviously the, the point of that is to say, well, I'll go find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so even then, the procrastination kind of falls on your own shoulders, a responsibility for saying, well, okay, I don't know what to do, so I should immediately ask. But I think a lot of people get embarrassed or feel a little bit of shame that they don't know what to do, mm-hmm. so they don't want to ask because they're afraid of looking stupid. Yeah, and then if you don't know how to do something, you're going to put it off. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know how to do it. Right. You keep saying to yourself, maybe I'll watch a YouTube video or something, and then you never get that done, or (laughs) you watch a video and it looks too hard. So what do you do? Well, I'll tell you what I do because this is my version of, I totally resonate with this. This is my, I don't know what you'd call it, your your to-do list procrastination formula. Okay. Because I'll have a list of six or seven things to do, and... For example, we have a particular door in the house that needs probably replacing or fixing like an outside screen door type thing. And I really, I'm not skilled in those areas. So that is the last thing that I want to do on the list. I accomplished everything else in this list so far this summer, except for that door. Because you don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. 
So I actually did. I finally sat down. I was like, okay, this is stupid. Just go on YouTube and mm-hmm. or find a website that says how to replace a screen door. And you watch it and you realize how easy this is. And then I feel kind of dumb. Like, I, I'm capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way for people to say, okay, I'm being kind of silly here. I don't know how to do it. And I'm kind of embarrassed that I don't know how to do it or don't have the skills. But it's okay. We don't. We're not equipped to know how to do everything. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in a, in a home, love you, mom and dad, that when something was broken, we just tried to fix it on our own. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> we like would hire somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, not everybody has those skills. Not everybody has the ability to pass that down to their family members or their kids. And that's where you kind of break the cycle and say, well, you know what? I'll learn how to do it. Or at least I'll learn if I'm capable or should try that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like replacing a breaker in your breaker box. You shouldn't do that on your own unless you know what you're doing. What's a breaker box? Right. So. That's that series of switches in that panel in your basement. You can replace those? Yeah. Sometimes you have I, to. Well, I can't. Neither can I. That's yeah. why I call the electrician. Yes. When I, you know, high-level electrical work, I'm not going to do that. I know what happens when you get hit by electricity. Yeah. It's bad for your body. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Yeah, no thanks. So there, there are a few things as exhausting as the thought of an incompleted task. Depends but, on who you are. Okay. Because I, don't, I thought I was saying something kind of profound and you just kind oh, of slam it down. Well, yeah, sorry. No, uh, seriously. I thought well, I, I don't, might say something wise and then kapawi. I'm sure it was wise. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't get worked <laughs> up about that kind of stuff. If I have an unfinished task, it, but, but that's me, right? I'm a yeah. very low anxiety person. And not everybody's like that. Many people are the opposite, mm-hmm. where if they do have an unfinished task, particularly if they are more of an A-type personality where I need to get things done, I feel happy when my list is complete, I am not a person like that. Mm-hmm. If I have a list, I'm glad when I complete it, obviously. We all feel a sense of accomplishment. But I don't look at that list as a joy maker. <laughs> like, when I'm done with this, man, I'm going to feel good. Okay. You know, I do. But that's maybe a problem, though, too, because that door could have been fixed like two years ago. Yeah. But it's not an emergency. Yeah. So did, did you, it's okay. But you cared whether or not it got done. Yes, I still do. You still do, but yeah. you're not really doing a lot about it. No. Well, but here's the thing, and this is where we go back to the procrastination. Yeah. Because it's the thing on the list that I least want to do. Okay. But it's also one of the lower priorities. Yeah, but you're never in the mood to do it, are you? No, 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 <laughs> I don't ever wake up and say, hey, today's yeah. going to be a great day for replacing that door on the front of my house Yeah, so you're because I might mess it up and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Creating more trouble than if you just had left it for another day. Yeah. There's yeah. like 20,000 people out there right now who are nodding their head saying, yes, I know exactly what that feels like because we all do. Yeah. Probably more like a million mm-hmm. people. But um, do you work better under pressure? Yes. Or do you work only under pressure? No, I work well under pressure. Okay. For sure. And sometimes people say, I work better under pressure. That's why I procrastinate. I think that a lot of people like to say that, and it's a terrible excuse. I kind of agree, Andy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in a unique position as a college professor, right? Mm-hmm. I get a lot of students who will come up to me and say, I did this at 2 a.m. last night. And I say, I know, because you turned it in a line, and it tells me exactly when you turned it in. Oh, yeah, that's right. And sometimes... <laughs> It's really good work, and sometimes it's it's terrible, yeah. right? And so you have to kind of know yourself in this regard. When I was in college, I like to tell my students this. 
I inadvertently, because I wasn't terribly organized, I put off writing a rather large paper for a literature class, you know, freshman lit class. And I was actually working at a radio station. I did my job. It was very boring. And I went back to my room, and my friends were like, so what would you write your paper on? And I said, what paper? They said, the big paper due tomorrow. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about because I wasn't highly organized at that point in my Mm -hmm. life. So I went back to the radio station because they had a computer in there. This was pre-everybody has a computer. Remember those days, guys? Um, I sat down at the computer, and I made a pot of coffee, and I wrote that paper. I finished it at 7.30. I printed it, and I walked over to my 8 o'clock class, and I handed it to the professor, and I said, Dr. Vandenbosch, he's deceased now, so I can't thank him anymore, but I gave it to him, and I said, I wrote this all night last night because I totally forgot. And he said, huh, well, we'll see if it's any good or not. Mm. So I got the paper back. I got 100%, and he said, this is one of the better papers I've read lately. Wow. And I was so proud of myself. He said, maybe you should do this more often. And I thought, <laughs> that's the worst advice a yeah. professor could have given me. Yeah. But it's indicative of the idea that sometimes you really do perform better under pressure. Yeah. Some people do need a little bit of grind on the stone of life to get stuff done and to do it well. Mm-hmm. But I don't recommend you make that a habit. Yeah. Are you a procrastinator if you are? I, I would say send me a text, but you may not do it, right? <laughs> There's so many bad jokes available right now. We'll get now. him at like 548. Yeah, probably. I have a great story to tell you. Yeah, if you have a, a, a question or, or comment for Dr. Andy Scudding, let me know what it is, 877-933-2484. Sometimes you procrastinate, Andy, because you just simply lack the initiative to get started. Oh, sure. In theory, you want to do it, but you just can't get started. Yeah, lack of motivation is a big reason why people put things off. And a lot of people fall prey to the idea that if I can't really do the work unless I'm really motivated to do it, Mm -hmm. which is fine, except what if you never get motivated to do it? Yeah. Like the front door. I really hope my family's not listening to this because now I'm going to go home and have to fix the front door. I didn't tell them I was on today yet, so they'll hear it later. Maybe I won't tell them about this one. (laughs) Um, But the front door, I mean, yeah, I... It's it's in the back of my head. I have it on a list, mm-hmm. and I think that's very helpful for people who are procrastinators, right, to, to put things on a list. But if you're just waiting to get the motivation to do this, it, that may not ever happen. You're just going to have to decide you're going to do it. And then you have to look at, well, what are some different ways that I can motivate myself? You know, maybe you offer yourself a reward when you're done. You know, hey, if when I get this door done, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get ice cream with the family. Yeah. We'll celebrate my non-procrastinationness and get it doneness. That's that seems kind of cheap to me though, because then if you're always rewarding yourself with some sort of extrinsic reward, yeah. it's not going to work very yeah. well. So if you understand about yourself that it, I actually do feel good when I accomplish things. That's that's a good motivator when you're saying I don't feel motivated. You can remind yourself, well, but when I do finish stuff, I feel pretty proud about it, and I feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a great reminder to ourselves to get things done. Yeah. Text came in, I think my procrastination stems from being a poor student, and that leads to a confidence level in tackling chores. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that's kind of fair. It can be kind of a, kind of a circle that you put yourself into, kind of a cycle of, well, I put things off, and then when you rush things at the last minute, you're right, it's not going to be as good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, we do see this a lot with students. They... 
They put stuff off because they don't feel confident that they can do it. And then they do a poor job and we give them the feedback that says, you're right, this isn't very good. Mm -hmm. And then they feel like, oh gosh, I should have done better. And then they feel nervous about it and still put it off. And then all of a sudden by, you know, late October, you've got students who are getting 20% of their grades because they've been turning everything in really late or they're doing a poor job. And it's because it kind of gets in your head a little bit. Yeah. This cycle and it can be tough to get out of. Yeah. Especially if you're waiting for the right moment and you play that game in your head. But yeah. so the right moment's not now, but it's going to be soon. Yeah. You know? Like and, after I play Super Smash yeah. Brothers for four hours yeah. with my friends. All right. I, I'll, I need to get a coffee, maybe a brand muffin, and then I'll be ready <laughs> to tackle the project. And then a phone call happens. And, you know, it's. Yeah. I have a solution, though, I think. I'm not. I'm gonna, not going to say it now because we're at the break. Oh, I thought yeah. it was going to be like instead of a brand muffin, you get a glazed no, donut. No, it should be useful actually. Oh, yeah. I, well, we'll we can argue about that later. Yeah, Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest, and we'll take a little break when we come back. We're talking about procrastination today, and I, you know, I think there's many of you that um, maybe are stuck in your own head, and you're thinking to yourself. Um, I could improve this situation, and we want to encourage you to do that today. We'll take a break and be right back. If you have a question or comment, please send me a text, Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. I'm back with Dr. Andy Scudinga. We're talking about procrastination today. And, you know, if you wait until you're in the right frame of mind to do a certain task, especially if it's an undesirable one, you'll probably find that that right time simply never comes along. Yeah. And the task never gets done like that back door in your house. Yeah. You need some guy to come over with a name tag on that says Steve. He'll fix it. <laughs> That's kind of funny because the somebody named Steve fixed our refrigerator when well, it was yeah. broken. They're very reliable. Yeah. I've known a couple of good Steves. I know a good Steve now. He's a lawyer. If I get into trouble, that's who I'm calling first. Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve. Yeah. So I'm going back to your uh, neighbor who repaves half of his driveway then washes his car. And, and I think <laughs> that's, in a way, delaying one task in favor of working on another. Yeah. And so you, you got to stay focused, don't you? Yeah. And for for many of us, it's, that's hard to do. Um, I'm not the greatest focuser in the world. I can, I empathize with people who say, I have a hard time just focusing on stuff. I, I do too. I mean, I don't have a diagnosed deficit disorder like some people do. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I know people who have severe ADHD and it's really tough for them to focus. And there are things that you can do to, to improve that. You can improve your focus. That is something that I think people can work on. It's a skill you can develop. Um, and I think along those lines, this also has to do, there's a significant tie in here with willpower. And willpower is a, it's, it's a commodity. You, you only have so much and you can deplete it rather quickly, mm-hmm. actually. Um, you actually really do need to have sugar in your system. You need to have glucose in your brain to maintain willpower. There's famous studies about this, the radish study, and it's been replicated to some degree, so it's not, you know, like an ironclad truth. 
Um, but we do know that when you have to resist something, for example, putting off doing something fun to get work done, that can actually reduce your willpower. And if you've been doing that all day at work um, and then you get off work, your willpower is going to be very depleted and mm-hmm. you might make poorer choices because you don't have the willpower to do the right thing or the, the best thing. Interesting. And that definitely ties into the world of procrastination because if you've been using up all this willpower to get other things done, you've got one more thing, it becomes harder and harder to do that unless you replenish it. Mm-hmm. Andy, some of the research I did in prepping for this uh, mm-hmm. conversation is that there are a couple of different types of procrastinators. One would be passive, where they 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 delay a task, they kick the can down the road. Yeah, they just have trouble making decisions and acting on them. Yes, so they're considered passive. Yeah, because you're not deliberately making a choice necessarily. You just mm-hmm. kind of. It's more a back-of-the-head type of thing. It's like, well, I'm just going to kind of let this go, and I'll I'll deal with it later. Um, I think that's probably the most common and the easiest to do for most people because you're not thinking about it directly because you don't probably want to. So it's easier to just kind of let it slide Mm -hmm. um, rather than just saying head-on, well, I'm not doing this, Um, which I I think happens obviously sometimes. But I think that passive type of of procrastination is more common, Mm -hmm. probably a little more insidious because we're not thinking about it. Yeah. And the other kind, the research says, is being an active procrastinator, and that you delay any kind of task you have to do on purpose because you (laughs) say when the pressure heats up, that's when I feel most challenged and most motivated. Yes, that is what I probably personally would do more myself. And is just looking at a task and saying, I don't want to do this right now. Don't you drive yourself a little crazy, though, when you do that? Mm, well, and, I don't know. Maybe others? Maybe I am a little crazy because I yeah. do do that sometimes. Yeah. And part of it is because I simply am looking for shorter-term gratification of, I would like to enjoy doing this task now. And I like doing this thing better, so I'm going to put this other piece off until later. If I have three different things to grade, I will grade the one that I like to grade first. And so this is direct. Oh, sure. This is, um, ah, what's the word? Not passive. It's the, we just said it. Active. Active. Yeah. That is definitely active procrastination. Yeah. I'm deliberately saying I don't want to grade this research paper because I would rather read these shorter, easier <laughs> to read papers. Yeah. Because they're more fun, right? They're more enjoyable yeah. to read. They're personal reflections. So I'm I am making a choice. Now where it becomes problematic is if I keep putting that less interesting one off and then I get a new batch of assignments and I still haven't done that one and then I put it off again. I've done that before and you feel kind of bad about it because well, you don't. I do. I feel I should own it, right? Mm-hmm. I feel bad <laughs> about that mm-hmm. because I owe it to the students to be on top of their stuff too. So there's a piece of this procrastination thing that becomes a lot easier for us when we're not necessarily not harming other people, but when you're when the effects of your procrastination affect others, we might become a little bit more conscientious about that. And I think that can be helpful for us to think about our own procrastination. Well, is this going to hurt anybody else? Is this going to make life harder for my boss or my family or my friends? Well, yeah, it'll cause problems for multiple people. That's another way for us to kind of combat that active procrastination or even the passive kind by recognizing there's other people on the other end of this situation that I might be causing problems for, and that's not what I want to do. No, that's for sure. 
All right, Dr. Andy Scudinga is my guest. We're talking about procrastination. Not that anyone struggles with that. Certainly not <laughs> us, Andy. Um, <laughs> what, what if you're What if you're a perfectionist? So you, you procrastinate because you maybe have this fear of not being able to do the task perfectly. Yeah. So I don't do it because if I'm not going to do it perfectly, I, I can't do it because that's going to be too difficult. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely common for obviously perfectionists and. I have less um, understanding and empathy for that. I, I'm not a perfectionist, and at least not with most things, but I would, get, I would guess that if we asked a 1,000 people, they have certain areas of their life where they really are a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. They really do want to be excellent at something. You know, some people it's, it's having a perfect yard. Some people it's having a perfect score on a, on a test or a paper. Some people it's having their, their hair or their looks perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So we all have our own things that we're perfectionistic about. Um, and then, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for some to say, I, I'm i going to put that off as long as possible because it won't be perfect. Mm-hmm. That's kind of hard to deal with, I think. I, that'd, be, that'd be pretty tough. I, I don't know what that's like so much, uh, but I would certainly be able to empathize with somebody who was dealing with that. Mm-hmm. What about if you're a little bit of a dreamer where you, you procrastinate because you're just not good at paying attention to detail? Yeah. That can be problematic if you're, you know, like a physician or a surgeon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there might be certain occupations you can get away with that a little bit easier with and others that, where that could be almost um, almost dangerous. And I think it's pretty common for people to daydream, no matter whether they're A-type or B-type, whether they're intense or relaxed. I think everybody's ability to daydream is pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to look out the window and just kind of lose focus for a little bit, start thinking about your yeah, future or, mm-hmm. you know, what you did last night or what you would rather be doing right now. There's, mm-hmm. there's plenty of room for that. And so, yeah, you can get a little dreamy and kind of unfocused and all of a sudden an hour has passed and you're like, yeah. what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. Andy, what if you, what if you say yes to a lot of things and you take on a lot of things and now you're trying to find time to start and complete jobs? Yeah. So you have to start procrastinating simply because you said yes so many times. Well, that's a whole different circumstance of problems. I think you're right. Because then now you get into, those are the people who, who tend to be people pleasers, who have a hard time saying no. Um, conflict avoiders do this a lot. Um, and conflict avoiders and people pleasers are usually kind of in the same category of folks who just, it's so much easier for me just to say, okay, yes, I'll do it. Because if I say no they might not like me or the boss might not trust me or somebody might not think I'm competent. There's a lot of reasons why people avoid conflict or want to please. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not always just to be liked. Sometimes it's to avoid having trouble. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that can definitely be a major cause of yeah. procrastination. We're going to take a break. We come back lots more with Dr. Andy Scudinga. And when we talk about procrastination, Andy, in the second half of the show today, I want to also talk about how we put off having hard conversations with people we love. Mm. Yeah. And how we put off doing things that are really critical to healthy relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be back with more. If you have a question or comment, please send me a text. I'd love to hear from you. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. Thank you for tuning in today. If you just got off work or you're you're headed home and you're in your car, make sure you pay careful attention to the road. We're talking today with Dr. Andy Scudinga about procrastination. Now, Andy, there are certainly uh, plenty of downsides to procrastinating. You might forget to pay bills. I'll pay that later. I'll do that <laughs> next week, and all of a sudden, yeah. it doesn't get paid. Or you don't start on on big projects until the deadline, or you delay gift shopping, and then all of a sudden, you can't find what you're looking for. And yes, uh, or if that. you file your income taxes late, that's a problem. Have so you, not done that. Okay, yeah, but you know, you don't want to procrastinate. No, because there are some serious problems, um, and I think. If you're a constant procrastinator, you are going to have levels of stress for sure Absolutely. that the average person is not going to have. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, serial procrastinators though? are going to be pretty stressed out people or highly stressed people. I don't really like the term stressed out. I don't it's, either. You don't, it's not like you're running out of stress. I've mm-hmm. never understood the meaning of that, but that's a side note. Maybe that's another show. Weird things that people say that don't make sense, mm-hmm. but we say it all the time. That'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a great way to increase the stress in your yeah. life. And again, I go back to college students. I have um, I read somewhere recently that like eighty to ninety five percent of college students say they are regular procrastinators with their wow. work. Like it's an insanely high number. Mm-hmm. But you know, you've got millions of eighteen to twenty two year olds who are trying to figure out how to do life in an unusual setting in an unusual time of life and there's lots going on and it, it's really easy to understand why they can become kind of chronic procrastinators mm-hmm. there's so many fun things to do and many of them work and have things that they are required to do that you can't you know you don't get to change it but getting tasks done sometimes you have a lot of freedom in your work day or your life and some people don't and so you know, for those serial procrastinators, they might need to engage in a lot more, I don't know, specific behavior. A lot more structure would probably be helpful to people who are regular serial procrastinators who procrastinate for everything. Add some more structure to your life. And if you can't do it yourself, have someone help you with that kind of accountability level to say, have you done this yet? Have you done this yet? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's apps out there for these sorts of things that give you reminders all the time that could be really helpful. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, let's say that your hammer, you got out to pound a nail in the wall to hang a picture, Mm -hmm. and you saw it on the table. When you see it a second time, do you think to yourself, I have to make a mental note to put that back in the tool bag? Or do you just pick it up and move it and walk it to the tool bag? I have, well, I'd have to check with my family on this, of course. Okay. But I feel like I have personally gotten a lot better at this the older I've become. Because once we had kids, it was like, well, now I've got to kind of be an example of you can't leave stuff all over the house or you have to finish the job that you do Mm -hmm. because, you know, now my sons are are teenagers. One just graduated from high school. The other one's 16 and they actually do a really good job of these sorts of things in some areas, but not always in others. And I'm the same way. There's some stuff that I'm really good at taking care of immediately and putting away and there's other things. You know, I might leave a magazine out or I might leave something out yeah. and not put it away. But if it's a tool or something that doesn't belong in your kitchen or your living room, right. I'll get that done right away. Nice. So I think my point I'm trying to get at, when yeah. I'm 
conscientious about this, and I call it my 10-second rule, if I act within 10 seconds, then I usually get things done. Yeah. And if I think, oh, I need to make sure I put that hammer back in the tool bag. Listen to me, tool bag. I don't even have a toolbox. I got a tool. <laughs> this is how inept I am. I don't even. I don't even have a toolbox. I was kind of wondering what this was. It was I'm like, a, must wait, be it's like, kind is of it a leather. Bag? Or is no, it it's kind of a canvas bag. Oh, yeah. But it's not like a serious man's toolbox. Yeah. So you're a, like the old country doctor coming yeah, around with you your hammer. You. Yeah, get you up with my <laughs> hammer. Now I, I, you've made me lose my train of thought. Thank you, Andy. That's okay. You were talking about the 10-second rule. But yeah, the 10-second rule. Which does not apply to food. It applies to things that you're going to do. Yes. And if you act within 10 seconds, there's a good chance that you will make progress on whatever it is that you have in your head that you know you need to get done. So instead of procrastinating, you just start moving. I love moving it. Moving is the key. I, I really like that, actually. And I'm going to start applying that to myself. Good. Because... I am very, it's very easy for me to, to consider something and say, I'll get to that later. Yeah. Which now listeners, that's okay. Because it sometimes is. you really do need to say, no, I do need to do this later. This is not a priority issue for me. And that's where you get that kind of gray area. That's a, kind of a fine gray area between prioritizing and procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes things come up, you, you might have a, a work emergency, like, Hey, all hands on deck. We have to get this done today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's not, if you put something aside for the next day, that's not procrastinating. That's, that's priority. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a perfectly acceptable thing to do, acceptable thing to do. But when you're always doing this with your stuff, Oh, I would, I like doing that better. So I'll do that first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made three appointments today and I, the minute it came into my head, Oh, I've got to remember to make a dentist appointment for a cleaning. Yeah. I, I started my countdown, 10, 9, and I went, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Yeah, that's and, pretty good. Yeah, so I made three different appointments today applying the 10-second rule. That's impressive. Well, it worked. I got appointments. Yeah. And now I'm not thinking about it anymore. And now I'm thinking I need to call the dentist when I get up tomorrow. You can call him right. Well, he's probably closed right now. They're closed right yeah. now. I Otherwise, think. I'd say call him now. Plus, it probably doesn't make great radio for me to. I think it'd call be kind of dentist. A, no, I think it'd be kind of amusing. <laughs> I would like to. Well, I that. think it'd be amusing too, but I don't. I don't know how many people would keep listening if we did that. Yeah, but you can make a to-do list when you say I got to call my dentist. Yeah. But then I've got a piece of paper and a pen, and I've got a to-do list. And then does that ever get done? Yeah. The ten-second rule is: Where's my phone? I've got to call him right now. I, I really like that rule, actually. I think that's great. And then you can make that decision. <laughs> I, I can feel it already. I can't wait to go home and use the 10-second rule. Should I make dinner for everyone now or in 10 seconds? I'll I'll start now. Oh, you're already mocking my 10-second rule. I guess <laughs> I guess I am. Seriously. I think this interview's huh. over. Yeah. Rosie, what well, do you think about my 10-second rule? Do we have a fundraiser today? <laughs> no, is we there... don't. Oh, right okay. oh, my gosh. This is hysterical. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> It's not. I love your 10-second rule unless you have ADD, and then you're, like, bouncing all over the house because yeah. you're always thinking of something, right? Yeah. But well, your 10-second rule, that's true. I really actually kind of like it. Okay, good. Yeah. It is because it's right in front of you. You know, you, you, have to, you have to make a decision in 10 seconds with that rule, which you I do. think is really important. Okay. Because if you get an email, for example, that says, can you do X, Y, or Z for me, please? You can decide that in 10 seconds pretty easily. You can. Most of the time. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. you might need a minute because you have to think, wow, there's a lot of permutations to this. I need to think about this first. 
But here's the thing. You've already engaged in dealing with that email. That's that's part of it, right? Yeah. It's not just answering yes or no. It's, well, what does this all mean? So you, you don't, you've already engaged it within your 10-second window. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking at it saying, I don't know if I want to answer Bill today on this email, 10, 9, okay, I should answer it all <laughs> right now. Right? right? And that, I think that's a really good plan. I, I like that a lot. Good. Thank you, Dr. Andy Scudia, for saying you like my plan. I do. Not, I'm not always good at it. Oh, I have of course to, not. I have to have it at the forefront of my mind saying, am yeah. I going to try to keep my 10-second rule going today? Yeah. I mean, I got a I got a bill today from a service provider I've never used before, and I thought, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna set up and pay him right now. Yeah. And I opened the envelope. In 10 seconds, I got on the website and paid him, and I bet he thought, boy, I just sent him the bill, and he's already paid me. Yeah. So I'm... I'm sure he was very happy. I bet he was. Yeah. But I, it felt felt satisfying to think I didn't throw it in the mail pile and four days later going, what is this? Oh, yeah, I got to pay that. Well, even mundane tasks can be rewarding. They are. I mean, they, they really are. And I've, I think of a student who I talked to, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago, and she was talking to me about how much she loves getting stuff done. And we talked about in class, we had talked recent class about how, you know, like dopamine and, and brain stuff works. She was like, I completely get a big dopamine hit when I get things done. It just feels so good. I love having lists. I love crossing them off. There's something really rewarding about crossing off a list. Mm-hmm. And I think, good for you. I mean, if you enjoy it that much, then maybe I'll hire you someday to be, you know, like a personal assistant. Those are people you want to work with mm-hmm. because they get stuff done. Yeah. Because it makes them happy. That's the kind of person, Andy, though, that adds something in their head to, to the list and then does it and then writes that on the <laughs> list and crosses it off. There is the danger of that happening, too. You can create a false sense of accomplishment by listing everything you want to do. Yeah. All right. I mean, some great comments here. So let's see. Um, oh, this is nice. I told myself that I was going to work in my home office from 4 to 6 during Bill Arnold, and here I am listening to your interesting topic of procrastination while I organize. That is not that procrastination, is awesome. my friend. That is wisdom. Yes. You're making a very good choice. <laughs> yes. Well, you can do multitasking, too. Uh-huh. Well, it depends on what work you're doing. All right. I often blame my procrastination on a lack of motivation. When I said this to an exercise coach, she said that it's not motivation I need, but commitment. I found this very helpful. What do you think about this advice? I think it's excellent advice because that is something that requires commitment and a plan. And when you commit to do something, that means more. Mm -hmm. And when you commit to do something and you tell somebody else about it, it becomes that much more powerful. Yeah. Accountability is a really useful thing. And I think sometimes in our circles, we often talk about accountability for like sin, like keep me accountable. I don't want to drink. I don't want to use pornography. I don't want to use bad language. So you need to tell me when I'm doing those things. So I stop. But accountability also works in really positive ways for encouraging me when I am being committed and doing the right thing, or Mm -hmm. let's go together. Like I want to get a workout plan so I can drop 20 pounds and extend my life a little bit, Mm -hmm. breathe better, whatever it is you are trying to accomplish. Accountability is, is great for that. You're not sinning by not doing it, but it can, it can work both ways. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's It can be a really positive thing. So I love the idea of, of an instructor saying something like that. Yeah. How about this, Andy? We have a son who starts a big project, like a remodeling a bathroom. Ooh. Doesn't finish, but then starts another big project, but doesn't finish either. Uh-oh. How can we help guide or help or 
do we stay out of it? That's a really loaded question because it depends so much on the relationship that you have. If uh-huh. this is something that you've been, you know, kind of air quote, nagging your son about for 25 years and he's tired of hearing that, stay out of it because you're not going to help anymore. If this is something that's fairly new and you've never really dealt with this before, then it's probably worth having a conversation. You know, telling, you know, kids or, you know, your offspring, things like that, it can be tricky because they might say, you've been telling me that my whole life and I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll do things the way that I want to. And that could cause a barrier between the two of you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's just asking questions like, hey, I, I see that your bathroom's almost done. How are you going to, what's your plan for getting it done? Yeah. Can I help? Yeah. That might be more helpful than saying, well, you should probably finish the other one first because he probably knows that. Yeah. All right, Andy, how to conquer a cycle that is so extreme, it's life-threatening. Anxiety, Mm. depression, anxiety, procrastination, anxiety, depression, anxiety, procrastination. I think you start by recognizing what's causing the anxiety. What is the anxiety stemming from? And is it something that you can control yourself? Is the anxiety stemming from something that you can control? For example, are you choosing to do to live your life a certain way? Are you choosing to ruminate and think a lot about this thing that causes anxiety? Or is the anxiety about something that is completely out of your control, like, you know, the weather or how people feel about you? You can't control those things, right? You can try to, but it usually is is kind of fruitless. Um, and then you want to ask, what are you depressed about? What's what's causing that? Could be a chemical issue, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think most people's depression and anxiety stems from inter and intrapersonal items, not immediately chemistry issues. So f- determine what's causing some of these things and then investigate what it is you can do about that yourself. That's a great place yeah. to start. And in take situations them, take like them to the Lord in prayer. Absolutely. And if you're not yourself in yeah. prayer. Yeah. And if you're not seeing a therapist, maybe it's time to to take that step to do something like mm-hmm. that. Maybe and you're procrastinating doing that. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I easy. think, you know, to tie into this a little bit, sometimes I think folks are fearful of going to therapy and they put it off because they don't know what's going to happen there. They're afraid that they're going to discover something about themselves they don't like or appreciate or it might bring up old hurt or trauma. And that is exactly what happens. That's what good therapists do. They help you revisit those things so you know how to handle them better. So you know how to process them better. So you can maybe move on from something that you've been hanging on to for a long time that does cause that anxiety or that depression. Mm -hmm. And it might cause you to procrastinate doing things that you should because you might be afraid of what you might find out. But that's the point of therapy to go find that out. Exactly. Then to deal with it and fix it. We're talking about uh, pro- procrastination today with Dr. Andy Scudinga. If you have a question or comment, please send it over, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. I'm back with Dr. Andy Scudigan. We're talking about procrastination. Comment came in, Andy. I wait for affirmation before doing new things, like learning how to play piano. That doesn't sound too atypical. It's like encourage me no. that I might be good at taking up an instrument 
I want the affirmation in advance. That'd be nice. Well, it, it sure it sure would be nice. But if we, I mean, honestly, if we wait for affirmation to try something, it it may never come. Give yourself the affirmation. You know, intrinsic motivation is way more powerful than hearing praise from other people. Um, that's a, I mean, that is just a, that's just a psychological fact. Our our own motivation from inside is far more powerful than external motivation. Mm-hmm. And for those of us, and I'm I'm an externally motivated person. I do things. I definitely do things and appreciate external praise and, and motivation. That means more to me than other members of my family, for example. They don't need that as much as what I do. I, re- I recognize that. But for those of you who are like me, we also have to take the step to say, you know, I don't need anybody to know that I've just accomplished something. It's enough for me to know that I did that. And it's enough for God to know that I did that. That's the affirmation that I need. Now, is God telling everybody who wants to learn piano, hey, great job? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think necessarily. Um, but to the listener, I would say, hey, if you want to do it, just do it. You'll feel good yourself about doing this and accomplishing something new or learning something new. You'll feel great about it when you take the impetus to do it for yourself. And it's not a selfish thing to do that. I think sometimes we believe that doing things for ourselves is selfish, and I don't want to do that. I should always be serving others. But we still have to take care of ourselves. If you're not mentally healthy or mentally strong, you need to make sure that you strengthen yourself and become healthier so that you can help others. Mm-hmm. Andy, what if you have maybe some irrational beliefs where you think, oh, I don't deserve success, and or you have this almost a sense of learned helplessness where you yeah. say something yep. like, not a lot of what I do matters, so I'm not going to do anything at all. Yeah, that's hard. And that's a tough cycle to break out of because we probably need some help <laughs> with, with those things. Yeah, um, And this is why... The Bible tells us to encourage one another because you never know when someone near you so true. just needs a little bit of boost because maybe maybe they do need a little encouragement to go try something new, to, to learn something new. Maybe they do need a little encouragement from someone else to say, I, I actually can do something and it does matter. And we always have to remember everything we do matters to God, always. That, that's always the comeback that we have to folks who, can, who say, I'm not sure that what I do matters. It matters to God, mm-hmm. and and if we're a true believer, we we deep down say we know that mm-hmm. we can always rely on that. And I know that it's easy to say, but it's the absolute. That's the truth. Yeah, it sounds cliche, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, Andy. Well, how do you psych yourself up if the task is tedious or boring? Or you sit and you go, I, I have to go change my furnace filter, and you think about it, doing it for two weeks, and you still haven't done it. Just go down to the basement, and change it. I have not done that for a long time, Bill. <laughs> oh my goodness! You? I have like I should have brought my book with me to write stuff down. Yeah, you should. You've reminded me of like eight things. I'm I have more to do. useful to you than you realize. <laughs> yes, you are. Ten seconds. Yeah, I'll get a new filter tomorrow if I remember to write it down when yeah. I get home. Yeah, but don't procrastinate with that because you want to keep that AC running well. Uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I yeah. forgot what the question was well, now because I thought what, about my you, furnace. How do, you, how do you make boring tasks more appealing? Is there you anything, know, any, any way to gamify something and try to turn something into a little competition or yeah. maybe have fun or play a play a three-minute song you like and go, I'll try to get it done in, in, the, in this song. How quickly can I do this? Yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, to the, to the listener earlier who said I was going to work in my office from four to six instead of listening to this show. That's great. I mean, good for you. 
what I often do, and here's what modern technology does, right? You have a phone. If you have some Bluetooth speakers, pop them in your earbuds, yep. and, you know, you listen to something, like while you're vacuuming or washing the dishes or I, I, I actually enjoy mowing the lawn because I put on, you know, noise, you know, like safety yeah. ear coverings, and I can listen to something at low volume. I've listened to a ton of podcasts already this summer just mowing the lawn. There's a lot of things we can do to make mundane tasks a little bit more fun. Now, mm-hmm. if it's now if you consider balancing your checkbook or if you do that sort of thing, you know, your bank kind of does it for you automatically now anymore. But stuff like that where you have to kind of think a little bit, maybe just put on some soft music in the background that doesn't have words and, you know, at least try to enjoy that piece of it. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, just recognize when I'm done with this, I can feel good. I've accomplished something. Yeah. What about setting little timers, too, and saying, look, I'm not in the mood to clean a closet that's going to take me hours, but I'll set a timer for 10 minutes and do it for 10 minutes. I think that's awesome. I do, too, because I think you can fool yourself into going, all right, 10 minutes is up, and I still want to keep working on it. Now I'm kind of into it. Now I'm kind of into it, yeah. Yeah, So it's getting started, I think, is oftentimes a hard hard thing, and that's why I like my 10-second rule, which I don't apply every day, but... But when, when I apply it, it does work. But even if you use it three out of five days, that's, I know. that's still pretty good and, and pretty helpful. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, n- negative thoughts. Just how do we get replace negative thoughts with more positive thoughts? Here's how. You virtually in your head, you grab them and you shake them and you toss them aside. What does that say, mean? Well, I mean, we have negative thoughts. Like, I don't think I can do this. You say, no, stop it. I can do this. Nice. You know, you kind of grab and you punch it in the face. You say, <laughs> not today. I, uh-huh. I don't need to deal with a negative thought like you, so take off. I mean, that's, I think that works for some people. You yeah. can, I mean, whatever kind of method of fighting you want to imagine, then that's what you apply to those negative thoughts. You say, no, I'm, the, the point is to say, no, I, I refuse to engage with you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to think positively. I think it's a that's a big reason. I think a lot of people don't realize that they have these negative thoughts. So recognizing it first and then saying, I don't know. And we can, we have the power to do this for mm-hmm. ourselves. We really do. And our routine's important because if you wake up in the morning and, you, and one of your goals is I want to start with 20 minutes of quiet time with the Lord. Yeah. Um, so you have to have rules, don't you? Because if you say, well, I'm going to first get up and I'm going to look at my phone and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do one other thing, and then I'm going to do my quiet time. I think you're you're off to a bad start. Yeah. If I had a buzzer sound, I would I would do it right now. I'm like, eh, that's yep. not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Well, it goes back to the the fitness instructor. Yes. If you're yes. putting it off, you're not committed. Yes. Are you Are you committed to doing this? And habits and routines are way harder to form than they are to break. It takes a good three weeks, like 21 to 24 days to establish a good habit. And it takes like three days to break it. Mm -hmm. It's really unfair. Um, But that's, you know, that's life. So you can't complain about it. You just deal with it. And if you want a good habit, you make one habit at a time. You can't make three new habits at the same time. And that's, you're going to fail at all three. So if you want to say, add quiet time to your day, it's going to take you three weeks of being disciplined and making that your priority at that time that you want to do it at, and after that, you're you'll you'll have pretty smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Whether you have ADD, ADHD, or not, if you have a solid routine that you stick to, it, it it'll happen. Yeah, Andy, if I had chronic procrastination, would that be labeled as a disorder? No, 
Okay, good. That is not a disorder. There's nothing in the DSM-5 that says that's a disorder. Is it problematic? Yeah. It could be indicative of other things like depression. It could be indicative of an attention deficit disorder. Um, it could be even indicative of some level of um, obsessive compulsive disorder. There are Those are indicators. It's, it's probably symptomatic, but it's yeah. not a disorder in yeah. itself. Do you have any buddies in your, any friends, any buddies that you, you say to them, I'm going to do this. And so I'm going to let you know. So check in with me once in a while to see how I'm doing or do you kind of keep things closer to the I best? I don't actually do that too often. Okay. Um, I have coworkers like with work things that okay. I'll say, I'm going to do that this semester okay. or I'm going to try this. And usually people in my workplace at North Central are pretty good about following up with that. Hey, how'd that ever go? Did you do that? And, you know, we have, like, work plans that we're supposed to fill out every year, like, what are your goal sheets? And you go over that with your boss. Yeah. And those those can be pretty helpful, yeah. actually. Um, but usually, like, projects at home, no, I just tell my wife or my kids. And yeah. they're usually pretty good at being, uh, you know, helping me be accountable, that sort of thing. I'm going to set up a GoFundMe account and have <laughs> donations so we can get that back door of yours fixed <laughs> once and for all. That would be awesome, actually. That way we can get it off the list of things to do. Yeah, doors are, yeah. Uh, I don't no. know. I can change a light socket pretty easily, but a whole door? Yeah. I don't know. Thanks. Andy, thanks for being on the show. Always great to have you on, and I hope your parents listen to this tonight. Yeah, me too. Or I'll soon. let them know. Or soon. Yeah, they'll probably get it done by the end of the week. All right. <laughs> They're pretty tasky. Uh, that's our show for the day. Thank you so much for spending time. If you missed any of it, go to myfaithradio.com. Check out the podcast. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.